Welcome to the podcast about the boy from the 20th century. I am your host, Michael from the radio, and this podcast represents, and this podcast is a metaphor for what is inside the ever-spiralling thoughts of my brain. Sorry guys, I just thought I'd start the podcast today by changing it up a bit, because usually I say... Welcome to 20th Century Boy, my name is Radio Mike, and this is the inside of my mind, but you never quite know what you're going to get on this podcast. It's full of all kinds of surprises. Boogie-boogie-boo! Told you. You weren't expecting that, were ya? Gotcha. Thanks for joining me, uh, and I am recording this for the first time. This is the latest I've ever record- recorded the podcast. I'm recording it on the Wednesday uh, at 1pm, and this podcast will go out in under 12 hours from now. So I have to make it in that time. And the reason for that is not because I've been lazy. It's because I had tonsillitis, which is a very fun disease that you get in your tonsils. Uh, It's basically a really bad throat infection. And I've never had it before, but it was fucking awful. And I could barely eat and I couldn't, and it was just painful to be awake. And it was bliss to be asleep. And then you'd wake up and be like, ah, bloody hell, now I've got to do this again. And I didn't go to the doctors because I just thought, oh, it's probably just a sore throat. It's probably just a sore throat. Wasn't just a sore throat. It was tonsillitis. My doctor literally told me to open my mouth, shone a light in, and he goes, yeah, you've got a really bad throat infection. You need antibiotics for this. Luckily, I feel like I'm at the end of it now that I've been taking the antibiotics. But it's still been a massive pain in the ass. And I've been trying to, like, just keep up with all my work. But, unfortunately, the podcast has taken a hit because of that. But, uh, so apologies in advance if it seems like this podcast is shit. It's not going to be shit. But I just haven't had that much time to, to work on it because of all this. That being said, I have been still really busy. Like, I've been trying to work as much as possible. And we have officially started production on music videos for my band with Jack Post, for Jack's band with me, which is now, which has a name, has an album artwork, has eight songs that are ready to be devoured by your ears. Uh, we are filming the first music video, releasing that. We will then film our second music video and release that shortly after. And after that, we'll drop the entire album, which should be in the next month or two. And for your listening pleasure, here is the first five seconds of the first song from our first album which I will not say the name of, and I know this has been really mysterious the whole way through, but uh, here's a little taster of what the first single's going to be. And I'm really excited about it. The shoot was so much fun. Uh, We got a lot done. We filmed in a cafe that uh, is down the road from my place. And it, yeah, I'm really excited for people to see the video and hear the song. Uh, and all of that kind of stuff. I I really, really believe that it's such a funny idea. The song's very funny, and we had such a blast writing these songs, and I really hope you guys get around the songs when they're out. Like, I'd love for you to listen to them, and I and stay tuned to the podcast for uh, thoughts, uh, for m- announcements on when the podcast, on the, when the album will be out. And there'll be t-shirts and posters, and I really like the artwork we've got done, so... 
yeah, I, I, I hope you guys enjoy it when it's out. I'm really keen to hear your feedback. And I think I'll get Jack on again. He's been on the podcast on episode five, which seems so long ago. But I think he'll come on again as a guest uh, to basically talk about the album once it's out. Uh, and any other guests you'd be interested in hearing from, let me know. I'd love to get some more guests on. I've only really had three. But yeah, we continue shooting that music video and I, I think finishing it up over the weekend, um, Angus, my friend from uni, is directing them, and he has his own production company, and he's such a professional dude. Like, he's got, he came with, like, massive lights and a camera. Like, he's a professional cinematographer, and he did such a great job, so it was awesome to have him along, and yeah. As usual, I'm joined by the resident intern of 20th Century Boy, intern Mike, who's uh, been going through a rough patch lately because he got grounded by his mum. How have you been, intern Mike? Yeah, no, I actually haven't been that well either. Uh, Obviously, I was sick a few weeks ago, but I've been sick again this week, which has been really bad. Oh, that sucks, man. What have you been sick with? Uh, I had tonsillitis. Did you have tonsillitis as well? I had tonsillitis. That's crazy. Yeah, yeah, I had tonsillitis. Man, it's the most painful thing ever. I really hated it, but now I'm on antibiotics. Uh, which is good, like I'm healing up now and I feel like I'm coming to the end of it, but it still kind of hurts to talk a bit. Um, but yeah, that, that that's pretty much it. Alright, and uh, Editor Mike, the editor of the podcast, is here, as usual. He was away last week because he was moving in with his new girlfriend, Siri, the robot voice assistant from iPhones. Editor Mike, how are you? Yeah, look, it hasn't been the best week for me, Mike. I've uh, been a little bit sick, but uh, other than that, it's been okay. You've been sick too? That's a shame, man. What what have you had? Uh, I've had uh, tonsillitis all week, which has been a shame. I went to the doctor, he gave me some antibiotics and... Uh, I've been healing up steadily. Hang on a sec, you had tonsillitis as well? Yeah, no, nah, I had tonsillitis. Really not a good good thing to have. Really takes, really knocks you around. It knocks you around, I tell you what. We all had tonsillitis. Intern Mike had tonsillitis, you had tonsillitis. Yeah, looks like it must be a bug going round. We've all had tonsillitis. <clears throat> Sorry, another Mike, I can, because I, I, I have tonsillitis, I can't really do your voice that well. What do you mean, Mike? You can't really do my voice. I've got tonsillitis, so I'm struggling to talk. Yeah, no, that's what I meant. Uh, intern Mike, I hope your tonsillitis ends soon as well. Yeah, no, it does look like I'm coming to the end of it now. So, yeah, it, it's just a shame that all three of us had tonsillitis in the same week. And we're all really sick, but we've, we're all now on antibiotics getting better. Yeah, that's really good. Guys, I made a massive mistake uh, last week, which some of you have messaged me about. Some of you haven't. But for the past few weeks, we've been doing this. One man, one podcast, the radio family, and one listener with a telecommunications company. $250. This is 20th Century Boys Quest for 1-800. Get fucked. So the intro to that segment more or less explains uh, it, explains what we're doing. But basically, one of our listeners, Radio Whitey, owns a telecommunications company called Uconnected, and he offered to set us up a 1300 or 1800 number for the podcast so you guys can call into the show and leave voicemails for me to cut into the podcast. I suggested that we go for the number 1-800-GET-FUCKED, which is G-E-T-F-K-D, which was actually... Radio Harrison's suggestion, so take 10 mic points, Radio Harrison. 
Uh, but Radio Whitey said if you want a specific combination for your phone number, you actually have to pay $250 plus an $85 processing fee, which brought us up to, I think, $335. A bunch of you were pledging by word, which is great. It's great that we raised a bit of money, but there was nowhere for the money to go. So I announced last week this. I have started a Kickstarter. It currently is telling me that we need to allow one to three business days for Kickstarter to actually publish it and make sure it follows the rules and regulations. That's right. We set up a Kickstarter where you can pledge an amount of money and hopefully we can make the goal. Now, Kickstarter told me to wait three to five business uh, one to three business days and they would tell us if our if if the uh, the Kickstarter campaign met the terms and conditions and could get published and it just ne- they never got back to me then I went back to the site and I realized I never finished filling in all the information which means it was never actually submitted for review so that's why the Kickstarter isn't up so now it's again waiting to review the kickstarter we're at the to be honest we haven't moved an inch from where we were last week we're still just waiting for the kickstarter completely my fault uh so i'm really sorry about that guys the kickstarter should be up tomorrow if it gets approved which again it's up in the air if it if it will be but i would absolutely love to get uh you guys on the kickstarter if it's up tomorrow which i will post in the group if it is that would be great a message also came in this week from Radio Disappointment Judman, a notorious and infamous member of the radio family, which is the group of people who listen to this show. And Radio Disappointment Judman, who was banned from the show for six weeks, and sent me a message that says, I will donate $50 to the phone number cause fund if if and only if I receive a significant amount of mic points so I don't have to work very hard to try for Radio Superstar again. Bribery is way easier. And... Radio Disappointment Judman, honestly, man, take a look at yourself. Are you really happy with how you're trying to manipulate the podcast? Are you? Like, seriously, uh, I think I'll give you half a mic point for every dollar you contribute. So if you contribute $50, you'll get 25 mic points. Mic points are the currency of the show for all the new people listening. But Radio Disappointment Judman, like, if you give $100, I'll give you 50 mic points. It's not as easy as you think. You can't bribe your way into Radio Superstardom. And the, even the idea that you thought you could bribe me, pretty disgusting, man. Pretty shitty. But love your donations, so please send them in. That'd be great. So hopefully the Kickstarter will be up tomorrow and Disappointment Judman can submit $50 and get 25 mic points for it. Feel free to claim the exact same offer, but there are some reward tiers on the Kickstarter that you can claim as well. So take a look at that when it's up slash if it's up. So, I've also been working still at the radio station. I work on a show every Sunday night called The Sunday Experiment, which is basically part of uh, this thing called the Hubble program my company does where we train or develop new talent to come in. This is actually the thing that Luke and Lewis pioneered, that they were part of the Hubble program. Um, They were the first one. So, we were actually the first ever show to be a part of this Hubble program, Um. And now we run shows every Sunday night and I panel them and I sometimes anchor them. So I'm like the guy who goes like, oh, it's the Sunday experiment right across the hit network, blah, blah, blah. That kind of thing. There was a segment on the show this week that I got to run, which is basically this, uh, the guys wanted me to prepare like a backwards song, like guess the song when it's played backwards. And I just wanted to put a bit of it in here because uh, I just thought, 
it was really funny and I was really happy with the way I performed um, and everyone was laughing and it made me feel really good. So I, I just wanted to share it on air with you guys um, in case you missed it because you probably did. The people that I was on air with were Mandy Catalano, who's a good friend of mine, who's like a music jock. Uh, who has, well, has been a music jock on Fox FM, but she also likes doing content-based thing, which is why she's doing Hubble. And then this guy, Luke Foz Forrest, who's a lovely, lovely, uh, jovial guy who is, yeah, again, just trying to get into radio as well. So it was a real pleasure working with them. And here's just a little bit of that show that I wanted to share with you. We are playing backwards tracks, all right? The way this works is pretty, pretty simple. Radio Mike who's pressing the buttons for us tonight. As always, As most of the explanation for the game is in the title of the segment. Yeah, look, I we... play backwards tracks. <laughs> yes. You guess what they are. Yes, thank you. Mike. Most radio games are quite simple, to yeah. be honest. And I'm pretty sure this has been done 858,000 times on different shows. No, I've oh, checked. Well, this is the first so, time yeah. it's ever been done. I'm pretty so, sure Carrie and Tommy do this same game. That's okay. Look, guys, we can steal games and rename them. Buzz in with your names. Yep. Play along at home in the car. Yep. You can buzz in in the car if you want. <laughs> anyway, I'm rambling. Let's get into it. Foz, any kind of song-related uh, game oh, we've played in the, in the past, yeah. I've, I've put you to shame. Let's just put well, it Well, we just tried to change it up. There might be one I'm good at. You and never so know. hopefully and tonight... And Foz did tell me the only band he knows any of the songs from is the Hilltop Hoods. <laughs> so okay. will there be a, a Hood Ho- song? Hopefully. We'll see. Hopefully we'll see so. if we get to the Hilltop today. Okay. All right. Here's the first one. Buzz in with your names. Thank you. That is so easy. I feel like that's always the one, that's the go-to song of choice for any kind of game like this. Crazy in Love by Beyonce. Yeah, she's got it. All right. I didn't know who sung it, but I knew the the song (laughs) title. you didn't know who sung it. All right, take a listen to this. I'm getting so cocky. Yeah. Oh, yes, man. Oh, you seem, like you seem very sure. Hang on, hang on, hang on. Is that, um, who's the skater girl chick? Um, Avril Lavigne? And what's the song? Is it Skater, G- skater Boy? No, it's not, is, is it? it? It's Skater Boy, is not it? Skater Girl. <laughs> Which one are you locking in? Skater Boy! Yes. All right, very quickly, let's do one more. <laughs> and I- I'm just going to play it yep. with no context. <laughs> But this is a very popular song that a lot of indie folk you just, will know. You're just giving it context. No, I've got no context. Here we go. Foz, go top. Foz, what is, what is the name? Go. Give me a bit more. Give me a bit more. He doesn't know it. Oh, my God, it's so easy. Hard road. Oh, my God. No, it's nosebleed section. <laughs> it's the nosebleed section, as Mandy said. Mandy... You got them all right. Just give me a crown Foz. already. It's the I'm most never playing one of these it's games. It's the most well known song by the band. <laughs> Everybody knows it. And I've decided that because of Foz's uh, lack poor of, performance. Lack of ability when it comes to anything song related. I declare this segment over. Thank you. <laughs> it's the Sunday experiment with Foz and Men. <laughs> So aside from that, we've also been doing this other fucking stupid segment on the show (laughs) that's all about bird stories. And last week on the show, we had a contribution from Radio Paris, who actually didn't tell a bird story, but told a story of how she was attacked by a bat that she thought was a bird. Uh, And because of this, I asked you to send in your bat stories and mentioned that I had my own bat story from back in my school days. And with the help of a 
friend from school that I haven't seen in a very long time, I'd like to introduce a brand new segment on the show, and it's called This Radio Mike's Bat Stories. Ooh, I'm the evil bat. This is how bat sound in my mind. Like all the Dalian grandpa. Ooh, I'm a bat. Vampire music. I'm a bat. Very scary. I come in your house, I scare you. <laughs> oh, that's alright. I'm a one big scary bat. I want to stop recording, but this is so funny. Imagine the one bat to flap around and talk like this. It's a very funny image to think about. Anyway, that's the end of the intro to this segment. It's now time to start the segment. Very scary, bat. So yeah, I guess if you didn't quite get it from the long intro that I may have gotten carried away with, uh, this is Bat Stories, where we tell stories about bats in our lives. So basically, this is a story that took place on a year seven music camp at my school. Uh, but and and it, and it involves me and uh, one of my other mates from high school. His name is Radio Chiller, and Radio Chiller joins us on the line now. Radio Chiller, are you there? I am. I am. You've got a bat story for us. I do. Yeah, and it involves um, it involves you too. Yeah. Okay. So I remember this, and I'm interested to hear your memory of it, and then my memory of it as well. So you, yeah. you go first. You tell your side of the story. Okay. It's interesting because, like, it's, it is actually kind of hard to remember. It was a while ago. I, I think it might have been... 12 years ago. It was, yeah, it's kind of crazy to say, isn't it? it I was, think it was about that. It was a, it was it a was, year seven music camp. Was it year seven, you reckon? Jeez. Okay. It definitely was year seven, yeah. And music camp, for those who aren't aware, is... I mean, it's kind of lame, isn't it? But we went away basically for, like, a week to yeah. do nothing but practice. Yeah, so I played violin at our yeah. school. What did you play? I was a percussionist. Oh, yeah, you played drums. Yeah, cool. All yeah, right. so the cool part, the fun part of it, I guess, was that we would, like, sleep in, I suppose, like, little cabins at night, and we were in the same cabin. I don't think we were in the same cabin, right? Were we not? No, so my memory of it was there was this guy, uh, He his name was Kata. I don't know if you remember Kata. Kata. Yeah. And Kata was in my cabin, and the cabins were like, because we went to a private school, the, the camp cabins were two stories, like our one had stairs in it. Of course, yeah. And Kata was sleeping upstairs, and he kept yelling down, like, stuff to me, and I would yell back at him. And then the music teacher came in and said, who was yelling? And I said, oh, it was me. And then he took me to the grand hall of the music camp and said, you're sleeping okay. here by yourself tonight. And I was really uh, scared. And oh, then you're like, okay. I was by myself in this great, Shit. great hall of the music camp. <laughs> and then maybe like an hour later, you come, <laughs> you get walked, <laughs> you get walked in by the music teacher amongst like maybe ten other boys who have been misbehaving, Shit. and we're all lying in in the great hall in our sleeping bags. Right. Okay. Yeah. So by that stage, had you been aware of the presence in the room? Yeah. So. I was terrified because I was by myself in yeah. the in the hall, yeah. Yeah. and and I started hearing a weird fluttering sound. All <laughs> <laughs> and I was just I was terrified. I'm like a 13 year old kid who's been made to sleep on the floor of a hall, yeah. and I hear a fluttering, and I keep looking around and I see something flying around the room. <laughs> 
And I'm just like, what the fuck is this? My parents have paid for me to come on this camp and I'm being forced to sleep in a hole infested by an animal. And then I just... And then... I just see a fluttering of wings and an animal lands right next to my face. <laughs> and and it's a small bat. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And then it flies away. And then when everyone else starts coming in, everyone that comes yeah. in, I'm like, hey, just so you guys know, there's a bat in the room. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and it was flying around like all night pretty much, wasn't it? All night. And you, when you came in, you... You slept, like, right next to me on the sleeping yeah. room. So we ended up okay. just talking all night anyway about the bag. Yeah. <laughs> Ducking under the sleeping bags. <laughs> yeah. The funny part, I remember waking up the next morning and... I'm pretty sure the bat by then we found it and it was dead. Yeah, so and someone had to come and like clean it up with a dustbin. Yeah, so that I remember I was having breakfast the next morning, still yeah. still pissed off about what had occurred the night before. And then yeah. and then you ran into the dining area and you're just like, They found the bat. It's dead on the floor. <laughs> And then, yeah, one of the teachers just scooped it up in a dustbin and threw it out. (laughs) The funniest part for me, though, was, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for the rest of the camp, every time you saw me, you would come up to me and, like, flap your arms pretending to be a bat and make, like, high-pitched screeching noises and then just run away. Oh man, I yeah, would that, love to see. That I would love like to see your impersonation idea. of a bat again. Well, There's like, an idea for an Insta story. Like something like, <laughs> like, like <laughs> I just slap in your arms. That was some funny stuff. I yeah, I remember that so vividly. And then I tried to explain it to Kata the next night when and I said yeah. to Kata, Kata mate, because of you, I had to sleep in a hole infested by a bat. And, <laughs> He didn't care. I haven't seen Kata for <laughs> since school, since that yeah, day. Yeah. Oh man, memories. There you go. Well, that's Music the f- camp memories. That's the first bat story of the uh, podcast, man. Thanks for being part of it. No worries. It's a rapidly evolving segment, and um, <laughs> thanks for having me on. <laughs> uh, we'll have to get you back sometime to tell another story. I'd be honoured. Okay. Thanks, man. I'll chat to you soon. <laughs> All right. Bye. So there you go. That's my bat story from Year 7 Music Camp with Radio Chiller. And Radio Chiller, take 50 mic points for being so brave to come on the bloody show and talk about that horrifying moment from our youth. Very quickly, I actually wanted to talk about something in the pop culture world that's been on my mind for a while. Last week on the show, we had an interview with Eminem. Reporter Mike, our resident entertainment reporter, flew over to LA to sit down with Eminem. Uh, Here's a little bit of the interview here. Eminem, thank you for joining me. Hi! Now, is everything okay in your headphones? Are we ready to go, guys? Where's my snare? Oh, sorry, guys. Can we get some uh, snare in Eminem's headphones, please? I have no snare in my headphones. Yes, mate, we know. We're, we're working on it. Just give us a second. We got it? There you go. Okay, we ready to go? Yeah. And it was great having Eminem on the show. Really great exclusive. The numbers went up. Eminem, I think, retweeted it or something. But, yeah, it was great to have Eminem on the show. Wasn't it, uh, Ed of the Mic? Yeah, no, it was great to have Eminem on the show. Well, you weren't fucking there last week. You didn't even know he was on, did you? No, no, I didn't. No, you're right. No, I wasn't here last week. I didn't know we had Eminem. That's great, though. You know, Eminem's such a great artist with his hip, hippity-hopping, 
he's he hips, he hops, he likes hip hop. You know, that's great. Yeah, right, Edit the Mic. Actually, we, we didn't even talk, Edit the Mic, about how your move in went with Siri. Um, you you and Siri moved out together. Well, well, Siri moved into your place. How did that go? Is it all going well? Yeah, look, Mike, it's uh, great not having an empty house again. It's great to be living with Siri. Uh, she's a great girl, and she's actually sent in a little voice message that she wanted to play on the show. Is it, is it okay if we play that? Oh, yeah, sure. I mean, if she can't be here, we'd love to hear what, what she has to say. Play it for us. All right, here's what Siri, my new girlfriend, has to say. I haven't heard this, so it could be anything. Hey, sexy, as soon as you finish today at work today, get home immediately and bring that sexy editor chode of yours back home so we can have some sexy loving time. You have such a big chode editor, Mike. Make sure you don't play this on the podcast podcast by mistake it's not supposed to be on the podcast love your big chode so much from your sexy love of your life siri okay well edit the mic that was pretty intense pretty intense stuff from siri is that do you intend that was that intended for the show or was that intended for uh for for just you privately look now i'm not really sure i thought it was for the show but it may definitely have been for me privately I'm not I'm not really sure but anyway the move-in's gone really well and as Siri suggested there's a lot of loving going on in the house yeah so I always I kind of was wondering how does that work because Siri is like a robot voice assistant on every iPhone ever and you're a human man how does that work in terms of how you guys you know have I guess intercourse yeah it's a very complicated procedure mike that if i tried to explain it to you 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 probably wouldn't understand anyway because you wouldn't you wouldn't really know how these things worked and plus i don't really want to talk about it in front of intern mike yeah no that's okay i don't really want to know any information about that at all yeah okay well that well that's really good oh siri's actually look siri's actually just sent another voice message and she says this is the one to play on air so uh let's play that one hi guys how are you miss hanging out in the studio nothing weird going on at our place and editor mike definitely doesn't have a great chode that i love nope no chodes at all no chodes for editor mike no sorry that's all yeah right so it does seem like you've made a mistake and you've you've put in the complete wrong thing there yeah no it does seem a lot like that Maybe we'll just cut that out of the final cut, Mike. No, no, leave it in. Definitely don't cut it. If I find out it's cut, you'll be in a lot of trouble. I want the listeners to hear that. I really want the listeners to hear that. Anyway, moving forward. Sorry, out of the mic. Just fuck off for a sec. Moving forward. I just wanted to talk really quickly in in regards to Eminem because he was on the show last week. And I just wanted to say, Eminem, guys, how do we feel about Eminem? How do we feel about his current career, where he's at? Because I think that Eminem, in his peak, was one of the greatest storytellers in music uh, of his era. I think that there is no doubt that some of the stories he told uh, were incredible. The way he told stories through music, uh, the lyricism in his raps was really, really, really good. Um, And he had some, some great songs. Some really, really great songs. And... I just feel like there was a point, I think it must have been his 2010 album, Recovery. Recovery was an album in which Eminem actively retired uh, the, I guess, alter ego character of quote-unquote Slim Shady. And suddenly Eminem's music became 
all really, really serious. Uh, he speaks a little bit about it in the song Not Afraid, in which he says, uh, you know, I, I, I ran... He talks about his album before recovery called Relapse, and he says, I, I perhaps I ran those accents into the ground. And he says in the song, like, I'm not, I'm not going back to that. I'm not going back to doing accents. Like, he actively decides that he's not doing that character anymore. And he actually even says, uh, he says in the song, uh, that last relapse CD was, was air. Like, it was really bad. I'll cut it, I'll cut it here so you can hear. In fact, let's be honest, that last relapse CD was air. Perhaps I ran them accents into the ground. Relax, I'm going back to that now. The album Relapse was his first album that he put out in, like, five years after he had, like, a massive battle with drugs and um, addiction and getting sober and stuff. And it was supposed to be this big kind of return for him, but it didn't really have uh, as much commercial success as I think they would have been hoping for at the time. Eminem used to have some of his songs he'd sing in an accent. For example, in Without Me. Or the real Slim Shady. Stuff like that. And then he'd have his more serious songs. Stuff like Cleaning Out My Closet. And Mockingbird. And When I'm Gone. And all these songs that like were kind of more personal and about his real life. And it was a really good mix to have these kind of songs that were like, I guess, almost mounted in comedy in a way. Like, the song Without Me is quite a funny and, and satirical sort of song. Um, down to the point where Eminem says uh, this. Hey, I'm not the first king of controversy. I am the worst things I'm Elvis Presley to do black music so selfishly and use it to get myself wealthy. Hey, there's a concept that works. Twenty million other white rappers emerge, but no matter how many fish in the sea, it'll be so empty without me. Eminem was a person who openly acknowledged his own uh, whiteness and his own uh, almost exploitation of a genre of music that was traditionally black. And, you know, for better or worse, I think he did that. And I think he constantly sort of drew attention to the fact that if Eminem wasn't white, he wouldn't have he wouldn't have been as successful as he was. And he knew that and he was self-aware of that. Um, he's almost meta in, in the way that he would rap. Um, his album Relapse in 2009 was kind of just didn't really have any mainstream success. There was one song called We Made You, which was again a song that was like really grounded in comedy, but it, 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 was, it was quite successful, I'd say. But after that, I feel like a lot of his music in the, in the latest few albums he's done have been... I, I just feel like he's so past his prime. Not that I know much about like how hip-hop music works, but... I've listened to, like, his last two albums and, like, all of the songs are just pretty trash and even the production on the albums feels really bad. It seems like he banks on having really successful people write really catchy hooks and choruses for his songs and then the songs are just sold to radio stations based on the presence of these people. 
And this kind of started after the recovery album, for example, like, and, and they're not even that bad songs, but like, for example, he's, his album after recovery, which was the Marshall Mathers LP two, had a song called The Monster. I'm friends with the monster, the son of my bed. Get along with the voices inside of my head. Which featured Rihanna. I just feel like the song was sold almost exclusively on the fact that Rihanna was in it. Like, I didn't think it was necessarily an amazing song other than Rihanna wrote a really catchy hook. He also had a song in his next album called The River, which featured uh, Ed Sheeran. I've been a liar, been a thief, been a lover, been a cheat. All my sins need holy water, feel it washing over me. A little one, I don't want to admit to And this was the exact same thing. Like, the song's not that good. But I feel like they just sold it on the fact that Ed Sheeran was singing the chorus. So I feel like Eminem was just say, just realised that there was this, like, almost like a flow chart of his songwriting where he could basically do anything in the middle as long as the choruses were, like, a really catchy thing by a featuring artist who was really famous. And that kind of all started with Love the Way You Lie with Rihanna, except the, the lyricism and message of that song was so strong, in my opinion. Just gonna stay. The other one after the Ed Sheeran one was Walk on Water, which was the one with Beyonce, which was on like every... Both The River and Walk on Water were like played so much in Melbourne on the radio. And I just feel like he kind of, yeah, like they kind of were just like, maybe the record label was just like, all right, Eminem, just do whatever you want, but give us two songs each album that have someone really famous singing a chorus. And he just like started following that format on all his albums. It's, it's weird because as much as I miss that Eminem that was fun and did like jovial songs like Without Me and The Real Slim Shady, because those are really upbeat, fast-paced, fun songs. There was a degree of sentimentality on his album Recovery in 2010 that if you listen to this album from start to finish, it's almost like listening to a lot of like Eminem's life story. And the songs were really well produced as well. Like I really liked that album. Even in the in the debut single for that Not Afraid, like Eminem just like talks basically about how he became like I don't know, like egotistical when he reached his peak of fame and he became more of an addict every day and, you know, like had to deal with coming off his addiction to pills and his his drug and alcohol addictions. And that entire song in like however long it is, like four minutes, is him just basically apologising to everyone, including his fans, for releasing an album that he decided... In, that he decided retrospectively wasn't as good as it should have been and for not really challenging himself or evolving. And that song in itself is such a genius example of how Eminem deals with his personal life uh, through his music. And you can hear so much of this throughout his career. 
a lot of his music in the early days was about his daughters and his troubles with his wife uh, slash ex-wife at the time, the mother of his children. He often raps a lot about his friend Proof, who was a rapper that he grew up with, who was uh, shot dead in a, a bar fight. And like Eminem, some of his most emotional lyrics are about Proof. With Eminem being such a uh, interesting man who seems to struggle a lot with his emotions, it can sometimes be really endearing to hear him speak about his friend who died uh, so candidly sometimes. Like, it, it's very clear that this was a thing that really affected him as a person, that his friend was killed. He talks about it a lot in his song, You're Never Over, from the Recovery album. In quite a profound and poignant tribute to a friend who died, uh, it's it's really impassioned. Homie, I know I'm never gonna be the same without you. I never would have came in this game. I'm going the same without you. Matter of fact, it was just the other night. Had another dream about you. You told me to get up. I got up, I spread my wings, and I flew. As an artist, there is so much to glean about his life as a storyteller through listening to his dis discography. Like, there is so much about him you can learn and you can listen to him passively and just kind of enjoy the songs or you can listen to like some of the raw emotion on a lot of these songs and just feel like how fucked up his life is and how much he struggled and I'm not like defending him like some of the songs he's done are completely like crazy and psychotic and songs that should never be listened to um and uh, like really mean songs and saying really mean things about people and putting all those things out there, which I don't think he should have done. But I, I, I think where I enjoy him most is this real raw honesty you get from a lot of his music. Something like Headlights from the Marshall Mathers LP2, which is basically him apologising to his mum for releasing the song Cleaning Out My Closet, which is probably one of his most successful and famous songs, but was also a massive rip apart of his childhood and his relationship to his mother. And it's interesting that like nearly 10 years later, or maybe even over 10 years later, he's able to write a song that in some ways is a sequel to Cleaning Out My Closet. And he actually actively apologizes to her. Like he actually says that he's sorry never thinking about who what i said hurt in what verse my mom probably got it the worst the brunt of it but as stubborn as we are did i take it too far cleaning out my closet and all them other songs but regardless i don't hate you because mom you're still beautiful to me because you're my mom it, it, it's really interesting to watch the maturity of a man who started rapping when he was probably 18 and had nothing and now he's kind of reached middle age and he's he's peak of fame and his fire has sort of burnt out like he's still making music and he's likely still making a lot of money but he's now able to approach his music more maturely and whether that's good or not whether the music's good or not like I think some of the songs are absolute misses and the last two albums have not been very good at all but I still think that there's a degree of maturity that he comes into with the albums that are really really cool anyway I just wanted to talk about it because I I discovered this week that as part of Ed Sheeran's Collaborations album, which is basically this album that Ed Sheeran's put out this year, which is him collaborating with a bunch of really famous people. And he's collaborated with Khalid, he's collaborated with Chance the Rapper, Stormzy, Bieber, 
And then I realized that he's also done a song with Eminem and 50 Cent called Remember the Name. And I listened to it and I just thought, wow, like this song is so good. And it reminds me of like the classic old school Eminem that I really, really liked. And I've just been listening on repeat and I think... It's such a well-written song and the chorus is so catchy. Like, it really... Like, you know Ed Sheeran's written this song because he... Like, whether you like or don't like Ed Sheeran, he's very good at writing catchy pop hooks. And he's done that in this song and it's so good. So it just got me thinking about Eminem, his life, his career. And I've listened extensively to all of his music. Um, But I must say that despite all of his music, I think Eminem's best song and his best lyrics are actually from the first single he ever released, which not many people seem to know about, but before he was signed to any label, I think he produced himself his own almost like demo mixtape album called Infinite, and the title song Infinite is honestly one of my favourite songs ever, and you can really tell that Eminem is probably like 17 or 18 in this song, like you can hear the youth in his voice, but one of my favourite rhymes of all time that just feels like genius uh, is this part of the song right here. My thesis is smashed stereo to pieces My acapella releases Classic masterpieces through telekinesis That eases you mentally, gently, sentimentally, instrumentally We're entity, dementally, meant to be infinite It's just an incredible spitting and joining together of the English language which is the part of rap music that I really, really like. And I just think that those rhymes are so complex and say so much and paint such a a broad picture. And that was the first single he ever really put out. And go listen to the song Infinite. It's on Spotify under Eminem. And it's, it's honestly great. So anyway, that's my spiel about Eminem. Guys, my voice is getting really sore from this bloody tonsillitis. And again, I'm really sorry that this uh, podcast has been like, I just, I, yeah, I've just been really sick and I've been putting off doing it because I haven't been able to speak and my voice is getting really tired. But let's finish off the episode by uh, picking up where we left off last week on this bad boy. Harry Potter and the Boys, a live reading by Radio Mike. You're a wizard, Harry. I'm a what? So we're currently in this chapter called Hermione's Memories. And for those of you who are new to the podcast, first of all, thank you. Thank you for being here. Second of all, this is my Harry Potter fan fiction that I wrote in year seven. Uh, essentially, it's 50 years after the Deathly Hallows. All of the characters that were in the original Harry Potter tend to be seen as like uh, as head, as professors in Harry Potter now so they're all professors and the boys in the title are basically students at Hogwarts now and they are currently in the pensieve which is the memory kind of tracking thing looking through one of Hermione's memories at something that happened in the past and we're not really sure what we're looking for but basically a student from Slytherin is seen going into a secret room and waiting for someone, and then that someone walks into the room, and it happens to be Mr. Charger, their teacher, their Defense Against the Dark, no, their Potions teacher, who's kind of like the Professor Snape, but he's a bit more goofy in this book. I know that's confusing, but hear me out, okay? One other interesting point that was raised is uh, a few chapters ago, or last chapter, 
Professor Oak, who was the care of magical creatures teacher who transferred from the Pokemon universe to the Harry Potter universe, he was murdered. He died. Uh, He was killed by someone. And Radio Whitey wrote in and mentioned that apparently Professor Oak, the character from Pokemon, was 47 years old in the original Pokemon games. Uh, Which is totally fine, but I just thought that that was quite young, considering in that game, his grandson is also a character. So he was a 47-year-old grandfather. Does any... Like, is that young? That's a young grandfather, surely. Surely there aren't that many 47-year-old grandfathers. No disrespect, but, like, that means that... I guess, like, that... No, I mean, it's not that weird, I guess, but his grandson is 10 years old which means his grandson was born when he was 37, which means that, yeah, I mean, I guess his his son or daughter had a child very young. Nothing wrong with that, again, but it's just food for thought. Anyway, let's go on with Harry Potter and the boys. So Mr. Charger in this memory as a young 16 or 17-year-old boy has just walked into this room. <clears throat> Here we go. Is it ready yet? Said the younger version of the grey-haired man. One more. Mr. Charger struggled to say. He was bleeding heavily from his chest and leg. Don't push your luck. And then it says, then it says the name, that the first name of the person Mr. Charger is based on, which I'm going to have to change. So let's call him Winston. Winston Charger. All right, so he says, Don't push your luck, Winston, said the younger version of the grey-haired man. I am not lying. What was that? Mr. Charger said. He was definitely not trying to get out of whatever mess he was already in, because the boys had also heard a loud noise. What was that noise, Boris? said Mr. Charger. It was simply my wand, said the younger version of the grey-haired man, whose name must have been Boris. If you haven't noticed, I have you in the leg lock. So the leg lock is locomotor mortis, which is a spell, so it seems like... Boris has used that spell on Mr. Charger or Winston Charger. I'm telling you, Boris, we need one more, Mr. Charger said, clearly in pain. No, I've killed enough mudbloods. Use it now, Boris said as he ran up to the tall structure in the middle of the room and pressed a red button. The star at the top of the structure glowed a violent red. It, it a great, it a great star-shaped beam emerged from the top of the building. It a great star. Okay, sounds like fucking intern Mike wrote this. You dickhead. Huh? Yeah, it does I guess, cause I'm a fucking idiot. No, said Mr. Charger, now crying. All my work ruined. No. Mr. Charger raised his wand at Boris. What the fuck is happening? Does anyone have any idea what the fuck is happening? Mr. Charger raised his wand at Boris after the beam had hit something that was well out of sight. Avada ca- Expelliarmus! Two people had walked into the room. Mr. Charger's wand was knocked out of his hand. It was Harry Potter and Ron Weasley. They were probably in their late 40s about now. Mr. Charger began to speak in a language that the boys knew was parcel tongue. At that moment, two basilisks came out of the holes in the wall. The beam that had been shot out of the tall structure had returned, 
Now it held a baby. The baby looked at the basilisks. At once, a star-shaped birthmark appeared on the baby's forehead. Michael and Rob knew who this baby was at once. It was Harold. Fucking hell. I predicted this in the group. I predicted this in the Facebook group for the podcast, facebook.com slash group slash 20th Century Boy, that Harold was somehow involved in this. This is fucked. What do you guys think is going on? This is crazy. We're going to leave it there for today. Again, thank you for your patience with, with this week's episode. Uh, I'm really sick, but I feel like I'm going to be better within the next two days. And then, ah, oh, fuck, my voice is actually really sore from talking for the past 45 minutes. Um, thank you so much for listening. Next week's episode will be much more substantial. So thank you very much. And uh, follow me on Insta, radio.mike. Tell your friends about the podcast. Tweet me on Twitter. It's Radio Mike. RadioMikePod at gmail.com for anything you would like to message me. I'd love to hear from you. Check the Facebook group. Join it. Uh, the Kickstarter link will be up there. I'll try to share it as, around as much as possible because we'd love to get some funds going for the phone number, which I think will really help the show and make the show better to get more and more voices on each week. Thank you so much, guys, for listening. My name has been Radio Mike, and this has been the inside of my mind. Sorry. Uh, My name is Michael from the radio, and this podcast has been a metaphor for the representation of all of the thoughts that circulate my mind every day. Thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye.